for Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I want to thank Home Instead Senior Care. They provide trustworthy senior home care services in your loved one's home. They are so good to us, and we're grateful for them. And I'm really grateful for today's guest. My friend Deb Butterfield is on the show with me today. Deb, welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. If, if I know you're probably, I hope you've already listened to Deb's story and some of the really sweet and personal things that she shared on that episode, which I think we're going to call Mothers of Victims of Sexual Abuse with Deb Butterfield. I hope you listen to that because you're getting a feel for how much I love this woman. So God gives me good women in my life, Deb. It's one of the fringe benefits of trusting him with things that I find to be very scary, like you know, doing podcasts. When I started, I thought I could not do it. It turns out I actually love doing it now. But um, one of the fringe benefits of that is I have these amazing women in my life and men, too. I've been surprised how many men listen to our show. So, OK, we're talking about being the mom of someone who's sexually abused. And you have lived the story and you're also an amazing writer and professional woman. You you went to work figuring out after this trauma hit your family and your husband was taken out of the home, as was your daughter. And you went to work figuring out how to rebuild a life that was basically feeling broken apart. And I, I love the book you wrote. And I'm going to say the name of it so people can find it. Carried by Grace. A Guide for Mothers of Victims of Sexual Abuse. I love this book personally, and, and I could go into a lot of detail, but I don't want to take up the time. I cry, I've cry. i read it twice, and I've cried both times as I go through it. Because the truths that you discovered as you turned this terrible situation over to God have really permeated your life. And now, as your friend, I am so blessed. Um, I had to write about guilt and shame in my own books, and when I got to those parts and you were editing for me, I, w- I was so happy to know that I had a woman with your depth of character and understanding working with me to make my book better. So thank you for that. I'm going to read a quote um, from one of your books, and then we'll talk a little bit about forgiveness. Is that okay with you? That's fine. It's one of my favorite themes in your books, and I think it's where you step on my toes the most. <laughs> Naturally, I would pick that out. Okay. Here is this beautiful woman who is years ago lived through this terrible experience and lived to see her daughter grow up into a beautiful and thriving young woman now. And yet uh, she had to live through that to get, they both did, to get to this place where they are now. So let me read to you from her book. My experiences have taught me that praising God chases away my depression and soothes my broken heart. The most important time to praise God is when you're feeling your worst. So no, you won't feel like praising. 
Praising God through your tears is a sacrifice, an exercise of your willpower. Your emotions scream at you to sit down and cry, but you must do your best to ignore your emotions and praise despite your tears. Don't hesitate to let the tears flow as you praise God. I would say every woman that loves God has experienced what you described there so well. Yeah, I imagine so. Well, I want to I want to talk a little bit because I know you know the answer to this question. What is forgiveness and what is forgive us? What is not forgiveness? Talk to me a little bit about that if you will. Well, forgiveness is actually it's letting go of your right to see the perpetrator uh, get justice. You know, wow. in, in, in our system, the legal system, you know, when somebody commits a crime, they're charged and they go to court and, you know, they receive a punishment. And forgiveness is letting go of that and allowing God to handle it all. Because there, I mean, I'm, I know there's a lot of crimes committed and the perpetrator is never caught, you know, um, murderers and thieves and such. And letting go of that and allowing God to handle it is what forgiveness is all about. Wow. That's amazing. It's so deep. I don't really like that very much to tell you the truth. (laughs) I don't think any of us do because we, we want justice yeah, I mean, that's just part of who God created us to be. God is a righteous God. He's a God of justice. And we're created in his image. And that means that we want those same things. You know, I really, I write and I talk and I think a lot about judgmentalness and condemnation and how bitter we can all get as we wish for justice that isn't going to happen. And, and how it's impossible to look into other people's lives and see the whole story. So I, I know all that stuff. But in this case, when it's your own child and sexual abuse, I don't know. I think I trip over my own two feet. It's like the, it's, it's the hard one to me. And, and I'm pretty sure if anybody has found this because they're going through it in their own home, in their own family, I'm pretty sure they're sobbing. And that's just hard to forgive. It is. Um, and, I mean, part of what you asked me is what forgiveness isn't. And so often I hear about forgiveness as being a process, but forgiveness is a choice of your free will. It's a decision that you make. Now, it takes time for your emotions to catch up with that decision, and you may find yourself coming back to it over and over again. I mean, I constantly was saying, I've chosen to forgive my husband. I've chosen to forgive my husband. And uh, yes, it took time. But the first time I chose to forgive him, he was forgiven. So it's not like, you know, it's a process where, you know, the forgiveness grows because it, it just doesn't. It's a free will choice. Wow. That is so, well, you can see why I love Deb's book. If you're listening in, you, you can understand why it, every time I read it, I cry. I, I come under so much conviction. And yet because of what you've been through and you share so sweetly and really tenderly, Deb, uh, and on how horrifying that situation was, 
because you share all that, it does make the difficult part of what you share so real. And it made me want to be that person like you are who is able to say with a clear conscience, I, I want to forgive. I really do. I think this is, this is, is worth doing. We know Jesus died on the cross for forgiveness. I mean, who are we to not extend that to other people? But I don't necessarily want to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I'm touching on that whole idea of what our feelings are versus the reality of what we experience. So one of the things I loved about your book is it not only is very real and, and precise and, and truthful, but you also are so practical. Like you gave these morning, these meaningful rituals, you call them. And I'm just going to breeze through a couple of things that you suggested that worked at your house. And I know this could be different in anybody's house, but breakfast with the kids, story time at bedtime, a morning quiet time, taking stock of the chore left undone, but now, but now is absent because the perpetrator is no longer in your home. So then you have chores you have to do. So taking stock of those, making a list of them and realizing that it's now up to you scheduling fun activities with the kids. Those are all meaningful rituals that you said, well, explain to me Well, we have about three minutes before the break. Can you explain quickly how those helped you with the whole forgiveness piece? Well, I mean, it helped me focus on the practicality of, you know, life goes on. And um, by maintaining some normalcy in the house, it helped my children to get through. Because, you know, my daughter was suffering, number one, but I had two other children. Wow. And, you know, so now they were also doing without a dad in the home and having to go through everything that we were experiencing. So, um, it was just very important to maintain some normalcy and realize that, um, yeah, life goes on. We're all going to be okay. And, you know, um, and forgiveness is just a part of all of this. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about healing and how that takes time. And you're going to give us some great ideas about that. But I want to just mention before we go, you can find all the hyperlinks. I don't want you to have a wreck as you're listening, if you're driving, at Kathy Crafty, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com, or Fireside Talk Radio, or Deborah L. Butterfield.com, D-E-B-R-A-L butterfield.com is where you can find Deborah. She speaks. She has this wonderful book called Carried by Grace, a guide for mothers of victims of sexual abuse, which I love even for anybody. It's just a great book. So when we come back, we're going to talk about healing, but I also, uh, I had one more thing I was going to say and I forgot what it is. It's left me. That bugs me. But, oh, I know when your husband was taken out of the home, you lost his income. And I think that's an important piece for any moms that might be listening in and their life has been totally disrupted. I just want people to know uh, as we go to the break, I want I want my listener listening friends to know that Deb really experienced this every bit of it. So whatever you're going through, you are not alone. She has been there, and the advice she is offering is rock solid. And I have her on the show because I care about you, and I don't want you to go through that alone, as some of my friends 
have shared that with me and, and we've done what we could to comfort them because it's so heartbreaking. So this is Truth with the Texas Twang and we're going to be right back after a few announcements and some information from our sponsor. So we really want to thank Home Instead again for being with us today. Deb, I'm so excited about this. Thank you for being on the show. You're welcome. Stay with us because she's going to share a whole bunch more when we come back. And thank you for being with us today and for listening in. It means so much to us. I just love my listening friends. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbon Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Hi, this is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Crafty, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. My parents are getting older and I want to be there to help. But sometimes I spend more time taking care of them than my own family. It's starting to put pressure on my marriage, and I feel like I'm ignoring my kids. My parents need help. I need help. My mom wants to stay at home, but she honestly can't handle it on her own anymore. I've been taking care of her, but I just want to be her daughter again. I know mom feels the same way. I'm not sure where to turn. If you're struggling to care for your parents, you're not alone. Home Instead Senior Care can help. With personalized service and a personal touch, our caregivers will help your parents stay in the place they call home. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, welcome back. This is Kathy Craffy, and we're talking with Deb Butterfield today. Deb is a friend that God has brought into my life, and I, I can't say enough how much I admire and respect her and how talented she is. Deb, I'm so glad you're willing to tell your story and all the things that have now contributed to making you into this godly, amazing woman that I love and respect so much. Thank you. So I want to talk about healing as we promised our listening friends we would, because I know you can share a lot about that. 
I have a quote. I think it's from your book. It may be from an email you sent me, but let me read, <laughs> let me read this. As I, so this is from Deb. As I got to know my coworkers, this is after what had happened. She, she shares this. As I got to know my coworkers, I began to trust them. As my trust grew, I shared bits and pieces of my story. They didn't judge or condemn. They just loved me. And I have to add to that, me too. I love you too. And I'm so proud of you for having the courage to share this story. I've shared my story. I know how hard it is to do that in public. So, But it means that when you share your story, it means that other people can be included and get help and not feel alone. So that is what we're doing today. And, and I'm so, so honored to be a part of it. Deb, thank you for all the courage it took to write your book and to talk about this topic. Now talk to us about healing. What, what does that look like? What can people anticipate? How long does it take? Well, okay. So we're all individuals and it's going to be different for every individual, but it's not going to happen overnight. And, you know, it's not going to happen in a month either because, I mean, this is a huge trauma. And, of course, it it also depends on the family member or, you know, the person who abused your child. Um, you know, in my instance, it was my husband. So even after three years, I was still healing. And even now, it's been 26 years, and having read your book and edited your book mm -hmm. constantly. The, I mean, I was realizing that there were things in me that were not still healed. Mm. Um, but because I, you know, I don't have a man in my life. And so they were things I didn't realize weren't healed. Wow. So, well, I understand that. Cause when I, when I first told my friends about my abortion, I, I got such comfort from them and so much good wisdom and then I thought I was done. I mean, that was very painful. It took a long time, several years. But I thought I I had accomplished a lot. And then later, when my beloved friend asked me if I would speak about it in public, I, I mean, I totally wanted to hide in the bushes just like Adam and Eve. I was all over ashamed again. And so I knew then I needed to speak in public for my own sake. I needed to do it so that I would face up to what I was feeling and let God heal me there too. And also um, just to demonstrate, th this is just for me personally, this wouldn't be everybody's story, but for me, I needed to come out of the bushes and say, Jesus cross is enough for abortion or anything else. So that was hard for me to do, but I do understand how you can have healing and then years later have something else pop up. Right. And I mean, it, it was 12 years before I even wrote the book. And as I started writing the book, God led me through more healing. Of course. So, you know, it's trauma. Trauma is just that it's deep and it, it has layers and layers upon layers that need to be healed. And, you know, God is gracious enough to, to heal us one layer at a time because I don't think we could handle it any other way. I love the fact that you found community, this community of believers at work, because you were like, if you were just looking at it from the outside or the inside, you'd think, oh, not only did all this terrible stuff happen, but I lost that the family has lost my husband's income while he's in jail. And now I have to get this job. 
So that would look like part of the problem. Instead, it was exactly what God used is to bring healing for you. There, there's so much beauty in that, Deb. So tell me a little bit about that community and how that worked. Well, I was working at a Christian organization, and so that made all the difference. I mean, these were people who were committed Christians. We had devotions every morning before the day began. That was just part of uh, what the organization did. And so it was it was easier to open up to them than it might have been if I was just working, you know, at any, you know, like at Walmart. You know, there was built-in community. Yeah. Well, I love it that they knew how to comfort you. And part of the comfort was just accepting your story and not judging or condemning you. I think there's such a lesson in that for us as believers. When our friends bring us this stuff, we don't want to say things that are condemning. Like, how could you let this happen? Uh, I mean, that this is the kind of thing that could happen to any family. It is not the kind of thing that people anticipate oh, I need to be on the watch for this because somebody in my family might be a perpetrator. You don't think the person I love has a sexual addiction. That's not what you think. Yeah. So uh, instead of, of asking a judgmental question, your your coworkers just comforted you and and offered help in all the best ways. Like what were some of the things they did that communicated to you that you were still loved by them? You know, that, that is really hard to say. I, I guess because they just, they didn't react any differently. You know, they just took me at face value and they came to me for help with, you know, the job I was doing for them. Um, I just was able to sense their love. And that was so important for me because I, I couldn't sense that love from God. Wow. And and he allowed his love to come through them. Oh, I love that, Deb. That is so powerful. I've experienced that. I think we all have. So the, the trick is to find trustworthy people that you can tell your story to bit by bit, give them a chance to process and see if they react in a way that is going to be comforting to you rather than condemning to you. Would you say that's the key? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you want to know who you can trust because, you know, when when you tell them something, you don't want it to, you know, go out across the grapevine and everybody is suddenly gossiping about you. So um, you do want to be careful who you tell what and how much. Well, I know in the other episode, we talked a little bit about how mothers will protect their daughter, and that makes it hard for a mom. to. She becomes isolated as part of her sacrifice to protect her daughter so that, so that many, so there's not a lot of intrusive curiosity about what has happened. And I've, I've actually had other moms share that when they've been through divorce for whatever reason, they try to protect the kids. And so then the story that only one side of the story gets told and it's not the side that involves the mom. And so her perspective. And so that's part of the sacrifice a mother will, will, assume on behalf of their child. I just I just want to mention that because I think your insight is so profound. If if you find somebody that you can trust, you can test them. And we really encourage you to do that. Deb and I are not counselors, but 
we are older women who've been through a lot in life. And so that would be one thing as an older woman I would certainly recommend is give a little bit of information, see if it travels, if people gossip or if you can trust that person to respond in a way that's comforting. If you if you feel isolated and alone because of a trauma, I really want you to have that as, as in your back pocket like that's a good thing to do. Um, we're going to run out of time, Deb. I don't want to forget to ask you, in all of this experience of what you've learned and all that you've studied and all the ways you included in your book and I know in your pers- your life just because now we're friends, that you turn to God, what things are most important to you now as you think back on this? Oh, I rarely think back on it. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's think, good information. <laughs> um, I think really just realizing that um, it takes time to heal and know that you will heal. Um, I am so grateful in the way God has used this in my daughter's life because she is now a full-time practicing therapist for children. I was hoping you would mention that. I wouldn't dare expose any bit of your daughter's story on air without her permission or yours, but I love the victory in her life. It makes me so happy. And the fact that y'all have such a sweet relationship, there's so much restoration in that. I love that. Do you have any thoughts about it? Um, it takes work. Um, and I had to step out in faith and do something that I really didn't want to do and felt like that, you know, she felt I had wronged her and I felt I hadn't. But God said, you've got to do this. And so I did. And that is what opened up the start of the restoration of our relationship. Well, I love it that you were that courageous woman, a warrior woman, and that's what I still see in you today, that all this victory, you have, uh, you're, you know, you've served our country with honor in the military, and you've also served your fellow believers with honor in, in putting your story out there so many years ago, and it's still one of the only great resources on this topic. I mean, I know there are others, but this is just one of my favorite. I'm so proud and honored to be your friend and so grateful that God brought you into my life, and and now we're collaborators together on my book. So I, I couldn't do it without you, Deb. I mean, you're just a, such a beautiful part of my life now. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you for all that you've done on my behalf to get out this, all these marriage stories. And I'm really looking forward to that book coming out. We have about a minute left. I'm going to say our cut lines and everything now so that if you're listening in, I want you to know I'm going to put all these hyperlinks in a blog. And you can find that at Kathy Crafty, K-R-A, F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward. Or if you really want to find Deborah yourself, I want you to. Her... Hers is Deborah, D-E-B-R-A-L, as in love, butterfield.com. And you can find her and line her up for your next conference or whatever. She's got lots of great wisdom to share. Thank you, Deb, for being on the show. Thank you to all my listening friends who've been listening in. I'm so proud of this episode and so delighted to pass on the wisdom that Deb acquired in such a a hard but beautiful way because of her great heart. So this is Truth with a Texas Twang, and we are grateful. And I want to shout out to Ben Horlander, who's my tech guy. So hi, Ben. (laughs) 
Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, fellow. Got it.